Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people and it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week we asked the question, how much is a Trump coin worth and can I buy Adderall with it over the counter? And we'll have the answer on that as soon as Joel... I'll changes my Adderall and urine-soaked man-nappy. Yes, we're also taking a close look at the friend of the podcast, Matt Gatesy-Gate, and wondering whether a spell in prison will be good for or bad for his hair. Yeah, great hair, Gatesy. It'll be a shame to see it all hit the deck in a federal prison barbershop with a standard prison issue buzz cut would clash with his orange tank suit for a start. Yes, yes. One cannot do that in prison. You'll be judged forever. And in local news, we ask, what do you call a truck convoy that doesn't have any trucks in it? Uh, It's not about the trucks, Joel. It's about freedom! And we're going to get right on it, but uh, that's going to happen right now in the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. Last week, the Swedish audio streaming platform Spotify was worth $36.5 billion US dollars, and by the end of the week, it was worth $32 billion, which is a loss of around 10% in market capitalization. Very sad. The share price has tumbled 12%, which is devastating to their market outlook. There will be people having Zoom meetings quietly shitting themselves. Was it all down to Neil Young's protest? In the letter dated 26 January to his management asking to have his music removed from the platform. I think he posted it on Twitter, but it was then since deleted, but the message was sent, the calls were made, meetings were had, and the music was pulled from the catalogue, which was a fucking big move. When faced with the choice of Rogan or Young, which was the ultimatum in the letter, they chose Rogan. And is this some sort of like unilateral declaration of war against opposition when it comes to this toadfish Rogan? And is it a huge vote of support for the podcaster? Spotify has invested greatly in Rogan. I mean, contractual agreements between the two are reportedly worth around $100 million to Rogan, who signed it with Spotify in 2020 for a three-year deal and has a weekly audience of around 11.5 million listeners, give or take a couple. In contrast, Young has 6 million monthly listeners, but Mm. they are much more important because they're not as stupid trying to hide my disdain here uh when spotify signed the deal with rogan it is argued that spotify made a quite a sound commercial decision they're expanding their podcast holdings and this is the top podcast in the world so it was a bit of a no-brainer it was a real grab and it was a real way of them saying we are the podcast leaders but was it worth it i mean it cost them four billion dollars so far in that sort of weird market cap sort of thing but you see young music catalog is worth 150 million dollars and he's much loved in the music industry and just generally um he's He's a great guy. His letter saying Spotify can have Young or Rogan, but they can't have both basically was based around Rogan's spread of vaccine disinformation and it brought other musicians to start pulling their accounts. I mean, Joni Mitchell, she pulled her music from the platform in the last couple of days and there's rumours of even bigger names who have publicly supported COVID-19 vaccination like Dolly Parton and Paul McCartney who are very vocal about their support for COVID-19 vaccination and have serious pull when it comes to their music. So, I mean, it's quite possible. And you see, Young and Mitchell are survivors of polio, so you can imagine vaccination is quite a serious issue for them. Spotify investors, mainly large financial institutions, but, you know, across the board, will be concerned that an artist exodus could snowball and drive a material number of customer cancellations. And the delete Spotify hashtag is trending, and it's starting to become a bit of a thing. Well, I jumped uh, off uh, Spotify yesterday, moving to the Tidal platform. Same money, largely the same interface, and, and no doubt many thousands 
thousands of others have found their way around uh, other music platform sites. The thing is, if names like Dave Grohl, Springsteen, Tay-Tay, or God forbid, Lord Paul McCartney jump out, Spotify's crisis will become an existential one. And that crisis started almost two weeks before the Neil Young letter, when a group of 200 medical scientists published an open letter demanding the streaming service, quote, immediately establish a clear and public policy to moderate misinformation on its platform, unquote, likening some of Rogan's episodes to, quote again, mass misinformation events, unquote, of devastating proportions, quote unquote. fair. The letter came after Rogan interviewed Robert Malone, a scientist and mRNA vaccine critic, who claimed a third of the population has succumbed to, and another quote, hypnosis through mass formation psychosis, likening COVID vaccination to Nazi mass culture in Germany in the 90s. 1930s. Always with the Nazi illusions. Always with the fucking Nazis. Yeah, the problem for Spotify is not just that it hosts Rogan, but that it seems incapable of of applying any editorial standards to his podcast. Mm -hmm. For what it's worth, Rogan has declared himself most happy with the Swedish streamer, saying that Spotify publishes and broadcasts his stuff without any oversight or any apparent oversight. Probably contractually bound to do so, but, you know. Yeah, this is something that we don't know, but it would be likely that that is the terms of his contract. This is not an argument about free speech and censorship, nor is it an attempt to cancel Rogan. It is about Spotify taking responsibility and applying editorial standards to a program with a huge audience and a far reach. And Spotify does apply oversight to other podcasts. It cut craggy Pete Evans' podcast from its platforms in January 2021. And there have been hundreds of other podcasts cast into the abyss by Spotify but not Rogan's. Not a warning, nor any attempt to identify misinformation and provide caveats to listeners when Joe hits the microphone. And that's essentially what people are asking for. Put some caveats up front, delete some stuff that's clearly wrong and explain why, and that's what we talk about when we're talking about an editorial process. Now the company has backed itself into a corner. You know, it can't send an olive branch to Neil Young because it acted unilaterally. It did, basically. While there were discussions with his record company, basically once it saw the letter, it decided to act. Yeah. And it seems, too, that the contractual arrangements it has with Rogan forbid it from interfering with Rogan's content. Mm -hmm. The market will determine the outcome. And if the drip of artists demanding to be taken from the platform becomes a flood, driving a huge chunk of subscribers to unsubscribe, it's all over for Spotify, we'll know how bad it's going to get and if the protests still have some oomph by mid-February. Yeah, and look, it is one thing that I think is worth noting, which the stock market's a bit of a mysterious beast and we never really know what's behind what, but if you look at the earnings that Spotify came out with, they're not bad. The only criticism that I've really seen is that there's a lack of engagement in their podcast platform, which does have less of a royalty uh, obligation to it. So yes. the the music streaming can be a low, um, low profit or, uh, operation because of the royalties they have to pay to artists. Uh, with the podcast, that's not so much the case because we give them our shit for free. And no, we're not walking because we need them. It's embarrassing as fuck. <laughs> but if you look at the NASDAQ, people are like, basically, you've got lots of like dude bros who are out there trying to say, no, it's not fucking Rogan, bro. It's not that. It's this. The, the NASDAQ apparently has taken a few dips recently, but it's also back on the rise. Spotify is dropping against trend. And you also see the fact that like, like I say, the fundamentals of the company are doing quite well. Yeah. When Young came out and did this, it 
his their stock price went down. Four billion loss in in market cap in four days. Let's say three billion is from Young. That's insane. Well, and one billion is from something else. Can, Let's just say that it, you can date it all from from the brouhaha over the letter, and that it's, was on Wednesday. It's got to be linked. Trading has only really been going on for another three days yeah. at the most, and they've lost four billion in that time. So I've, yeah. I've read As a lot of say, people suggesting reasons why this has gone down, and they're all shit. They're mm. all shit. It mm. looks like this is a direct kickback from the market saying that Spotify with Rogan is an organization with a cancer in it, and they really should just cut it out. They should cut him out like the fucking cancerous mole that he is. Well, that's, you know, that, that's probably right, too. I mean, uh, but he'll find. Because he's got such a big audience, he'll always find a platform. There'll be oh, always yeah. someone uh, prepared to throw him a large amount of money. I, I actually don't think Spotify will get rid of him. What they might try and do is say, listen, we'd like to put one of our producers on staff there so you yeah. don't interview these <laughs> fuck knuckles yeah. uh, who are coming along with all this crazy conspiracy I stuff. I don't think he'd take that well. But that is another thing that's very important to emphasise, that if Spotify dropped Rogan. He doesn't get thrown into a cannon and shot into the sun. No. He's simply in a situation where his podcast is now going to be on normal podcast apps through yet another brand name that will snap him up in seconds. And chances are he'll actually make a lot of money from it because now he's pivoting towards right-wing media. Not only is he going to be the kind of guy that can say whatever he wants because of free speech, but he also might get a bit of dark money backing him too. Yeah, so I think that's absolutely right. And, and, and certainly there will be those on the right who go, who the fuck's Joe Rogan and who now know and and, mm-hmm. and are going to be listening to his podcast. I'd expect his audience to rise, actually. Yeah. Over the over the next few weeks and no months. such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, well in that kind of world and where he's placed himself, I think that's about right. Joel, if you were faced with the sort of problem I had that I wanted to get off Spotify because of Rogan, uh what would you do? So there's a really basic thing, which is to stay within your ecosystem. If you have Apple devices, just get Apple Music. It's Spotify, but it says Apple on it. You don't need to have Spotify. The only reason why you have Spotify is for exclusives. And basically the only thing that's exclusive to Spotify that I can think of is Joe fucking Rogan. But then if you've got like a good hi-fi and you're not in the Apple ecosystem, Tidal all the way. And the thing with Tidal is if you're someone like me, who is a student taking the piss, only doing one subject, but you get a half price. So if you log into your student portal, they'll give you a half price thing. The the whole shtick with Tidal is that it's a hi-fi platform and it grew from being a bit of a niche thing saying, we've got some of your favorite artists in hi-fi format. And then it went to being, we are basically Spotify in really good quality. They've got everything. I, yeah. I haven't come across anything I haven't got. I've been using them for a few weeks Neither now. Have I. I, went, I basically um, just recreated my, my song lists and my downloads uh, that were on Spotify. I did that in the space of about an hour. Very, very easy to use. Yeah. Very similar. Uh, the interface very yeah. similar to that to the Spotify one. So some could say suspiciously similar, but I don't care. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and get them <laughs> yeah, for I fucking did, plagiarism. I did get the sense there might have been some copyright issues flying around, but yeah, but well. uh, yeah, no. Look, that's it. So uh, if listeners are faced with with uh, having to use Spotify or wanting to get out of Spotify, um, there is that thing title uh, that they can pick up on. And in other US news, close friend of the podcast, Florida Congressman Matt Gatesy Gates. We love Gatesy. Oh yeah, but. 
He is in shit up to his bottom lip with news that Big Joe Ellicott, a former Florida shock jock, may hold key information about the sex trafficking ring involving Gacy. Uh, That uh, Big Joe has pleaded guilty in federal court. Not just that, he's agreed to pony up with whatever evidence he's got as part of his plea agreement. Mm. And for those who come in late, Gacy has been accused, though not yet charged, with procuring minors for prostitution and trafficking them across borders. Americans have a weird thing about borders. It's, it's a yeah, big deal. Yeah, it is. Apparently. It's a big... It's the, the trafficking across borders is the really substantive charge if it was ever laid and if he was ever convicted of it, he'd be looking at a jail term. There's you no can't even see the borders. You can't even see them. Are they even there? I just, yeah, I just don't if believe you, them. If you slip across uh, from... from um, from northern Florida, from the panhandle there to Alabama. It's really just, you know, you're moving from one McDonald's to another. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ellicott, the shock jock, is a former associate of Gatesy's wingman, one who used to team up Sheila's, allegedly. allegedly. Former <laughs> Florida tax official Joel Greenberg, who was taking kickbacks and paying contractors for no-show work. Ooh. In court documents released last week, Ellicott was accused of fraud for agreeing to, quote, pay bribes and kickbacks to a public official and a separate drug crime, illegally selling the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder prescription medicine Adderall. Oh, I'm on some of that right now. I wish I was. Because the Trumpsters alleged amphetamine of choice. It's great. It's a great drug. Mm, It keeps me up for the speed of modern day life. Uh, On January 18, Ellicott signed a plea agreement admitting to both crimes. This is where we are now. Part of the plea agreement is that Ellicott give evidence to a grand jury in the sex trafficking case against Gacy and cooperate with a federal attorney general. Yeah. It seems Ellicott knows a lot about Gacy doing the horizontal folk dance with one 17-year-old girl. Mm. In 2020, the Daily Beast revealed that Ellicott knew intimate details about intimate. the teenage girl who was paid for sex by the group, including Gacy, and actually texted what essentially amounted to a confession that they were scrambling to try and cover up details about their sex, including Gacy, with a 17-year-old keeping all that stuff away from the feds. Uh, Gacy's teenage friend received at least 17 payments in 17. 2017 from Greenberg, totaling nearly 6500 Not bad, not bad. That's good for so, a 17-year-old. What, like, when I was 17, the idea of $6,500, if I just had Root Gatesy, I'd fucking do it. She did. There was one payment there of $150 for shoes. Um, <laughs> uh, but Greenberg could easily be cast as a crook who was singing against Gacy to get a little time off prison. Now with Ellicott cooperating with authorities, yeah, he's fucked. Uh, it adds a fair amount of weight to the oh, yeah. allegations. Um, yeah. In May last year, Greenberg pleaded guilty to six felonies, including sex trafficking a minor. His plea agreement signed uh, last week turns him into a possible government witness against other targets of the ongoing investigation, including our man Gatesy. Oh, dear. It's all getting very messy. The kind of case that would see a grand jury asking a lot of impertinent questions. And just to give you an idea of why we love Gatesy, in 2021, Gatesy and Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene took a nationwide America First tour. Yeah, not America Second. During the tour, Gatesy and Greene repeated debunked claims of fraud in the presidential election, and at one event, claimed that the Second Amendment was for maintaining within the citizenry the ability to maintain an armed rebellion against the government if that becomes necessary. Mate, you're the government. You're the government. <laughs> That's got to be problematic. Like, aren't you just asking them to shoot you? Well, they are, they are it, to be fair, in the minority in the House at the moment. Um, 
well. In June 2021, Gatesy was one of 21 House Republicans to vote against a resolution to give the Congressional Gold Medal to police officers who defended the US Capitol on Insurrection Day. Oh. That's the kind of man Gacy is. No and that's why we love him. Yeah, well, he has that great conservative politician's ability to hang around with QAnon fellow travellers, denouncing fictitious deep state child sex abuse while actively engaging in sex with minors. <laughs> Allegedly. allegedly, 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 allegedly. The walls are closing in on Gacy, and and they're getting close to that three by five meter cell. Oh yeah, great hair though, the great man. Maybe that's why the kids love him. Yes, well, I haven't had great hair for a long time, so I just can't relate. It is fantastic hair. Meanwhile, Joel, tell us, what's a Trump coin worth? Sweet fuck all. Not a brass <laughs> razoo, my good friend. Oh, apparently not. Not they're made of brass, though. That's too expensive. No, no, that's too classy for a Trump coin. They are magnetic, though, which suggests they may be made of iron. Um, so I guess you can suck on it as a supplement. Ooh. You got yeah. an iron coin for an ex-president with an iron fist and a leaky penis, because all that Adderall is going to have to come out some. <laughs> Time. It does. What goes it does. in, comes out, comes Let me tell you, it Look does. that up if you want to have a laugh because apparently, anyway, that's a thing. No, yeah, know. one of the conspiracy theories about him is that the Trumpster is on the Adderall oh. hardcore and uh, <laughs> because yes, he's and so steamed yes. up, he really just has to get around in the nappy. Uh, otherwise, he's going to spoil that beautiful suit of his. Yep, apparently he's incontinent as a result of long-term kiddie speed use. <laughs> <laughs> Only use kiddie speed on occasions when you've got essays due or whether you, you know, you got no drugs, you got to go to a party and you're feeling anxious. Like that's when you use kiddie speed. Anyway, enough about kiddie speed. <laughs> right, I fucking enough, love that stuff. Enough instructional <laughs> instructional advice on when to use kiddie speed. If anyone has some, please send it to me. Anyway, that's fine. So anyone could buy a Trump point, forget this, the low price of zero. Wow. Is like a Nasara Gasara thing here. But of course, plus $9.99. U.S. postage and handling. Yeah, There's there you go. always a catch, always a catch. So the 45th POTUS has nothing to do with Trump coin. He's not involved with it in any way. Nope, but it's just not. a grift laid down by some very questionable people who, and this is the very funny bit, have conned the bird baseball cap wearing dickheads into believing this worthless coin can be traded like Bitcoin. They think it's crypto. <laughs> because Hang on to it. It so could be worth dumb. a fortune next year. You've got to hodl it. Like, you've just like, oh, morons. So... These fucking idiots just hang on to these worthless coins with this <laughs> weird Trump-looking bonce image for a year or two. And then, hey, look, maybe at that point it'll go up in value and you can be ordering the steak and chips at Mar-a-Lago yeah. just like royalty. The other thing that really sort of bothers me, because it's magnetic, a lot of these guys have begun, this, this must be because of the vaccine. Um, <laughs> you know, look at these coins, they're magnetic. I'm magnetic. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so look, hang on to them. Put them in your top drawer. They could be worth whoa, anything next year. Well, that's, I had that when I went to the um, the election party um, for, you know, Clinton Trump. And it was one of those, there was one at Sydney University, it was a CNN election party. And I had all this Trump stuff and I grabbed some of it thinking, oh my God, this is going to be so funny in a few years because like that was going to be the end of the Trump stuff, right? Yeah. There, were, there was going to be no more. And yeah. I was so, so wrong. Anyway. Not collectible. The, no, no, not, not a collectible. collectible at all. No, the market was uh, swamped. Popping the credit card down for a handful of Trump coin means that any purchaser of this metallurgical junk will be bombarded with misinformation for the rest of their lives. <laughs> That's how they're making the money. That's it. So, you know, all this shit about the Trumps to won the election, kitty fiddlers have taken the USA, children tunnels. That is the thing that makes these Trump coins unique. There's no money in the product. The product is actually 
like it's a it's a big data suck basically. There's no profit in it because there's affiliate marketing involved. Everyone's getting a, a slice of the pie. It's just the data. The data is where the money is. So fucking 2022, it annoys the shit out of me. So who is behind it? And this is the thing about data. No one's ever quite sure. The New York Times ran an expose on it on January 29th and came up short in terms of actual individual names, but was able to disclose some sort of anonymous conservative political lobbyist in action groups. You know, shady shit. We'll put mm. a link to the New York Times article on the shit posting site. It's well, we did. I think I did. Up. You better check, Joe. But I, oh, you I, may I, have. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, yeah. I think I did pop it up. It's a really interesting article because it's gone yeah. deep on the search for who's actually responsible, but it's not immediately clear. Yeah, but, yeah. But and- some sort of conservative action groups are definitely involved. And if it's nine dollars ninety nine, and like you know, obviously you know the postage is the, is the, is the cost, but they <laughs> could be making money from it. The, you know, it's it's a cheap piece of shit, but they're not. They're totally not because the affiliate marketing scam is where all the money is. The salespeople it, are getting just, all the cash. The nine ninety nine is just covering their, their their postage and handling, and basically their office overhead, and the rest of it is just you it will just cover be production. bombarded with shit for the rest of your life. I'm thinking of getting you one, Joel, but I. I I'm not sure. I think I'll have to uh, create a, yet another anonymous email account. I think it'd be it. quite funny. Look, I'm not going to say no to it. So the other really funny part about this is that people who are silly enough to buy Trump coin basically find out when these shitty numismatic gems arrive in the mail that, <laughs> just like the red caps on their heads, the Trump coin is made in China and covered in paint, just like the Donald himself. And it's America where it's all happening this week when the governor of the anti-vax grift, the champion of trypanophobics, the pope of preventable disease outbreaks, Bobby Kennedy Jr. was sent to the doghouse by his wife for the nasty business of attempting to appropriate the Holocaust for his appalling anti-vax views. The anti-vax crusader even managed to evoke a little East German communist totalitarianism in the same sentence. Difficult to do. Even in Hitler's Germany... You could you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did, Kennedy said in a speech on January 16. I visited in 1962 East Germany with my father, the Attorney General Bobby Kennedy Sr., and met people who had climbed the wall and escaped, so it was possible. Many died true, but it was possible. Now he's saying, with vaccinations, Mm -hmm. apparently we can no longer avoid the Gestapo, the SS, or the Stasi. What a fucking terrible human being he is. By the way, he would have been seven years of age when he visited East Germany with his dad who was assassinated in 1968. So I don't know what memories he has from that period. Oh, yes, look, oh, isn't this this, uh, uh, communist totalitarianism awful, you know, as a seven-year-old? Such a... Profound yes, child well, yes. and such a profound adult. Too. Now, Bobby Jr. is used to appalling just about everyone with his terrible illusions and metaphors. A Twitter account from the Auschwitz Birkenau Memorial Place and Museum gave Kennedy a terrible kicking in a statement denouncing his easy go to illusions to the Holocaust to make his propaganda more persuasive. Exploiting the tragedy of people who suffered were humiliated tortured and murdered by the totalitarian regime of Nazi Germany, including children like Anne Frank, in a debate about vaccines and limitations but during a global pandemic, is a sad symptom of moral and intellectual decay, the museum tweeted. Which is just, they actually got him pegged there, didn't they? You know, a, a, a sad symptom. Yeah, 
fucking of, a mo- of moral and intellectual decay, and I would I would go on Stick to say that Bobby Junior's soul is also in decay. But Kennedy's wife, his third wife, in fact, and let's face it, let's let's start mm. counting. Actress Cheryl Hines, who plays the ex-wife of Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm, gave him a slapping too. My husband's Good. opinions are not a reflection of my own. While we love each other, we differ on many current issues. Okay. So that was pretty mm-hmm. lame. But That's then Twitter user Bradley Dat weighed in, writing, how about this? No one should compare anything to the horrors of the Holocaust. My husband was wrong to do so. And that prompted Heinz to reply, yes, I agree with you. So That's Bobby's on the couch. Uh, and it's not the first time Kennedy has drawn on the Holocaust, the state-sponsored mass murder on an industrial scale of 4 million Jews, an estimated 2 million more were slaughtered in Nazi pogroms prior to the establishment of the final solution. In 2015, Mm -hmm. he linked childhood vaccines to autism, declaring it a new holocaust. There is no link between childhood vaccination and autism, but that didn't stop this prick. He Mm apologised then and was forced to apologise again for his latest outrage in a mea culpa in that terrible politician's half-arsed apology way. I'm sorry if anyone was offended by what I said. Fuck, we're all offended by it, you prick. Mm-hmm. Bobby Kennedy Jr. is a serial offender of this and one of the worst people in the world. Amen. Money. I'll do anything for you. Run. Money. Just tell me what you want me to do. And today's condition release program is proudly brought to you today by the Joe Rogan Podcast. Let's face it, we've given so many free plugs to it today. If Joe can't turn his audience into a neat 20 million on the back of it, <laughs> the man is a fool and a burden to his friends. He is a fool and a burden to his friends. So, listeners, if you like the sound of a failed comedian whose analysis of Donnie Brooks in the UFC octagon amounts to, oh, and oh, head kick, oh. <laughs> And spreads misinformation that extends the pandemic and puts lives at risk. Get all over Joe Rogan's podcast. We tell you the actual name of it, but Joe can't remember, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's like his like Joe Rogan's flea bath or some shit. Something, I don't care. something like that. Uh, listeners, you have to get behind Joe Rogan at this critical time so he doesn't get beaten up by a 76-year-old Canadian musician with a wonky eye. Yeah, yeah true, true. Remember the name, Joe Rogan. $100 million never looked so cheap. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within... And with the deliberations of actual genius Leonardo da Panietes echoing in our Port Melbourne peers, it makes it time for which black bill fuckwit said that? A game show for all the family that's fun and educational, very helpful for little kitties especially, to give them the important life skill of identifying fuckwits in a crowd. It's a pity not more of it is taught in our schools, in my opinion. Frankly, I blame Dan Andrews. <laughs> now, if you're successful in which black-pilled fuckwit said that today, Joel, you'll be interviewed on the Joe Rogan Show over three gruelling hours where you can say you've been vaccine-injured sure. or kept a prisoner by Hillary Clinton where she gives you daily hand jobs and rubs your semen into her skin as moisturiser. You can say anything, really, just... Just make shit up because Joe won't bother asking you any questions. He'll just nod along knowingly while you drawl on and on about any conspiracy theory that takes your fancy. It's a fucking free hit, Joel. And it it could be yours today on which black pill fuckwit said that. Here we go. First question. First quote. Mm -hmm. Here we go. First quote. Simply put, as we prevent three deaths by vaccination, 
we incur two deaths. Was it? Never been on the Joe Rogan show. So how can we be sure he's fair income? Anthony Fauci. Maybe he is Joe Rogan. Never in the same room at the same time. Could be. Could be. Play both sides. Always win. Or was it has been on the Joe Rogan show, Robert Malone? Has been. Or was it has been on the Joe Rogan show, Peter A. McCulloch? Has been. Or was it waiting to go on the Joe Rogan show so he can kickstart his career again, Craggy Pete Evans? Fuck, he would love that he would so love much. It, he? He'd oh, just that would, over it. I tell you what, he should just, just piss me off because it would fucking work. Uh, it's between uh, it's been the two superstars. I think it was McCulloch who said that one. Oh. I'm afraid not, Joel. Well, was that Malone? <laughs> oh, yes, it was, in fact, It was Malone. a 50-50. It was a 50-50. And Two sides of the same pretty point. much we've been, what we've been talking about. So Malone, who conducted research on the messenger ribonucleic acid mRNA technology Big 30 words. years ago. Yeah, on like I mean, he's a papers. highly skilled scientist uh, who did, you know, and people sort of refer to him as having all this great intrinsic knowledge on mRNA. A technology, but he was involved in basically development of, of the platform, not the COVID nineteen vaccination, but the platform itself. Thirty years ago, he's old news. He said uh, the st- there was he was quoting from a study that concluded for every three deaths prevented by COVID nineteen shots, the jabs had caused two deaths. The study was called the safety of COVID nineteen vaccinations. We should rethink the policy. That's the full title of it. Mm-hmm. The article sadly did not pass muster. It was evaluated by the editor-in-chief of Vaccine Magazine with the support of several editorial board members who found that the article contained several errors that fundamentally affect the interpretation of the findings. Aww. And that's just a really long-winded way of saying it's completely fucking wrong. Statistically it's bullshit. Utterly wrong. They made this shit up. Yeah, people are still clinging to it, which is a real shame. It is a real shame. All right. That's so you're uh, zero for one, Joel. It's very, very disappointing. It and, is upsetting, uh, actually. I should have got that. <laughs> Craggy Pete might be one step ahead of you. He uh, is. He's terms- always one step ahead of me. His life is so good. In terms of getting on the Joe Rogan, whatever it's called, Joe. Uh, quote number two. The media is the real virus. We all know it. Mm. Was it not a journalist? And in fact, functional literate vendor of freedom, which he spells with only one E, Monica Smith. Was it intellectual giant, destroyer of electrical goods and nightclub bouncer? Not in that shirt and shoes, mate. Thanos Panayides. Yeah, not one of your shirts, champion. Or was it not a journalist, but with the mind of a duck and the morals of a virus? Avi Yemeni. He does have the morals of a virus, mm, doesn't he? Or was he it does, he does. not a photojournalist living in his car down by the river and only coming out to annoy school-aged children? Matty COVID missed Lawson. He he's well accustomed with the viruses. I think uh, uh, herpes, um, uh, chlamydia. <laughs> uh, just saying. Um, not well. Anyway, so the media is a real virus. We all know it. I believe is not necessarily a quote from Thanos, but on Thanos, Thanos's T-shirt says that. Hey, well done, Joel. Excellent work. Yes, you know your Thanos. Penny I know merch. my Thanos well. I yeah, love that's I love uh, so that much. is the line directly from t-shirts caps god knows there's a whole bunch of stuff he probably even got the uh he's probably even got the uh the stubby holder i need fanos because the thing with fanos is like in a world where self-doubt is rife and everything is so questionable you look at fanos and you think how can i possibly have low self-esteem when i'm not fanos i just feel so much better about life it's just 
He helps me be me. And quote three. So you're still in the offing there for uh, whatever the fuck Joe Rogan's show's called. (laughs) Here's the quote. I do think that we should consider the legislation that enabled that enabled the events in Germany. That's key word. Enabled the events in Germany to occur. Jesus. We cannot go down this path. And we should not go down this path. We should never let a bad episode of history repeat itself. What is this, fucking, like ABC Afternoons? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, Let me just say why the word enabled is the key thing here. Because the reference here is the word enabled by the speaker and is a direct reference to Germany's 1933 Enabling Act. Otherwise known as the law to remedy the distress of the people and the Reich. Jesus. Passed on March 23, 1933 and proclaimed the next day, it became the cornerstone of Adolf Hitler's dictatorship. Yes. The act allowed him to enact laws, including ones that violated the Weimar Constitution without approval of either the parliament known as the Reichstag, or Reich President von Hindenburg, who was still alive at the time. Simply, the Enabling Act was the legal instrument that allowed Hitler to become a dictator. Ah, I see where this is going. And the Speaker likened it to Dan's pandemic bill, an act of parliament, which is now an act of parliament. So this was said before it became an act of parliament. You worked so hard on this question, and I hate it so much. I just feel like... It was hard just getting that quote... This just kills me. ...where that, that person had actually likened it so they were really dancing around that particular issue Uh, who said it while the bill was under consideration from Tory and Parliament was this in Parliament sorry was this said in Parliament it was said in Parliament yeah and and I went scanning through I went scanning through uh, uh, speeches around that time, but just couldn't come up with it. Um, but there was this, but that particular quote that had the sort of almost mysterious reference to the yeah, yeah. just just yelling out to his fellow Nazis. Yeah, who said it? Uh, was it former DLP MP, now a Liberal member of the State Upper House? Maybe he too could be dragged away by the stars. He's talked about it. Maybe I'll be taken away. Maybe I'll be hanged. Yeah. Who knows? No one cares enough. Bernie Finn, yeah. What a I don't freak. really care about Bernie. No one likes him. Was it growing a teeny tash, which could easily be a nod to Charlie Chaplin? Doesn't have to be Hitler. No. The man himself, dictator Dan Andrews. He's always so well-dressed, very Nazi-like. <laughs> or was it just putting the Nazi reference out there? You know, not saying Dan is Hitler, but you never know. Liberal member for the Northwest region in Victoria's Legislative Council, Sue Lovell. Mm-hmm. Or was it... This doesn't sound like the real history of Germany to me. Craggy Pete Evans. Oh, Craggy Pete. I mean, look, Craggy Pete's probably banned from most parliaments. Craggy wouldn't know a lot about the Enabling Act, I wouldn't reckon. He wasn't invited to the Victorian Parliament, so I don't think he'd be there. No. Uh, look, I'm going to go with the obvious one, but it's going to end up being Sue, Bernie Finn. Oh. Yeah, this means you will not be appearing on Joe Rogan's What's the Name show. God damn uh, it. This is terrible, terrible news. No, it was, in fact, Sue Lovell yeah. uh, who made that and had to basically wow. explain herself in the media the following day and say, oh, no, it wasn't, you know, it really wasn't. Uh, no, you no, know, no. I'm Enabling. Just saying, I just Come think, you know, we shouldn't, you know. <laughs> only only when uh, various Jewish bodies in, in, uh, in Victoria said, hey, you want to cut... Cut that the fuck out. You yeah, know? exactly. Balaclava uprising. And then, oh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't saying it. I, you know, I wasn't, you know. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Uh, so you missed out there. We do ask uh, listeners uh, to uh, 
help us out with uh, this wonderful quiz program, the Which Black Bill Fuckwit Said That, uh, by providing us with some quotes that they like from just crazy people being even crazier. And we will get a whole bunch of stuff to. In fact, I've got to get you an address. Yes, I think you do, actually. I was a a contributor from last week. Um, So if you've got something that you want us to run on the program that you think is completely fucking mad, uh, drop us a line on the conditional release program at gmail.com. Good work. Good work. And kicking off anti-vax update is yet another round of protest. At the conditional release program, we have made it abundantly clear that we still do not give a fuck about protests. Not one. Every fucking weekend, every fucking day. We don't care. You guys just have no other reason to live. So we're going to make this very short because we don't care. So this (laughs) one was organized by the relatively new Christian militia, the Peacemakers, who quite ironically seem to be very big on violence. Like it's a clever name. It's like the shitty Peace by violence. Um. Yeah. It's it's real good. It's real good. Their dear leader, Nick Banjo-Patterson, has some very quirky ideas about when it's okay to hit police. Mm. Now, most people, I think you and I could be included in this, as a general rule, follow the don't hit cops. Don't rule. assault police. Just mm. don't do that. But Banjo reckons if the police make you upset, you can politely inform them of your displeasure with your fists. Ah, good. He's, fa- he's found a loophole. He, he's found a, he's, that is like basically a subset band. I've found a loophole. <laughs> he's going to test his theory soon in court. It's going to be real yes, fun to watch. Is, it will be a, yeah, it will be a, an important test. I do hope the revolution is televised on YouTube. I think it's, he, four, I think it's four counts of assault police. I, I didn't even look into it because I just know that he is alleged to have assaulted police and it was basically an all-in brawl. So let's face it, four counts is probably their way of saying, eh, it, 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 it sounded about right. But Well, no, it's, it, it, what it means is you've got four separate police alleging that he's assaulted them. So it's not just, you know, like four punches to the same police officer. Yeah, I tell you what, though, there's one iconic little piece of imagery, which... Uh, I have seen it. Means one of those might just stick. Anyway, allegedly... We'll leave it to the courts, yes. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. So this course, of course, allegedly, no, this isn't alleged. He was taunting police on video saying that he had, they basically justified what he was going to do next. I don't know if that stands up in court though. He really does think it's legal to punch cops to make you angry. This is something he's totally on record saying. I'm not being weird about. And this is the world we live in. This is just, Mm. these are the people that walk among us. So the protesters are fairly small by comparison. And they just sort of walked around the city to various places, just institutions. Soz149 on Twitter, very worth a follow told us that it was a tour of places that had just disappointed them, which just sounds so sad. It was a lot of walking, wasn't there? I mean, this was... This is why I could never join up with, you know, the, the freedom mm. movement. They yeah. just walk too far. To be honest, I actually think it would be a really good lifestyle change for me and maybe I should join I up just, just uh, to get the steps up. I'd, you know? be, I'd, I'd be cramping up after the parliament. And, you know, walk from the parliament to the courts. Oh, God, you know, I'd be cramping up in all my cars. But the cramps mean the protest is working. It's what they say. So basically this to me was a great stark contrast to this freedom convoy, jubilant, weird, like <laughs> opium-style optimism they get on these other ones. It's just the walk of disappointment. Yeah. Just those nods of shame, just walk out to places. Yeah. You've disappointed yeah. me. Here's some paperwork, you know. <laughs> Maybe go visit your dad, Banjo. So, of well, course, in the parallel universe these people live in, disappointing someone is a crime. So they're serving papers and all these places that did them wrong. Police and hospitals, because it is perfectly normal to be angry at doctors and nurses. <laughs> just completely normal yeah. thing. 
Yeah. Just, just a normal, just having yeah. a normal one, yeah. just shouting at hospitals. How casual. Nurses, you betrayed me with your needles and your lies. Okay, cool. You just, you carry on. So yeah, if you got an idiot went for a walk to sort of aggressively hand documents of gibberish people they disagree with, and that's pretty much it. There was no fancy setup because the peacemakers have no money. I mean, like it wasn't a campaign rally of Uncle Clive, no polished stages, just a little yeah. fold-up stage. It was about a meter, maybe less couple of nice speakers, you know, like good speakers on quite high stands. But I can respect that. Keep it simple. You know, you don't have mining money. You've just got the stuff that idiots sent you when you did that Very weird blue collar. Very grift. blue collar. Well, when Banjo went away, they did this massive grift for his legal fees. But then, like it turned out, he's getting legal eggs. He's broke. So like, yeah. <laughs> they do have it's some just, money. Yeah. But it is very blue collar, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But all in all, it was just a sad, weird walk by a group of middle-class bogans who are terrified of losing their privilege. And that's it. I'm moving on because I don't care. I don't care. Keep but doing what about it. the freedom convoy? The freedom convoy. That's, that's the real news. Yeah, in a bit of a deja vu moment, uh, we are seeing cookers turning to truckers to mm. save the day. Save the day from what? I yes. mean, we don't really know anymore. There are no mandates. The, the, the vaccination of I mean, children is entirely the decision made by parents. Yeah, um, that's pretty boring, isn't it? Yeah, now it's a mix of weird, soft-sit nonsense and what appears to be in motive, at least, a genuine attempt to overthrow a democratic system of government with trucks. I tell you what, though, one thing I will say is that if there is a vaccine mandate for mining and you want to send your children to the mine, <laughs> then there actually is a vaccine mandate worth fighting because it is every parent's right to send their children to work no, and well, mining no, is lucrative. Uh, I think you're fine. I think you'll find this legislation that says, hey, no children. No, 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 no. Age of 14. No, 5 to 11 is where you get the most money for them. So that's where you really want them to be, like, you know, exempt from vaccine mandates. Sounding very Q-aligned there, Joe. I'm just saying value for money, the free market speaks. So, look, last time they tried this was very funny. They made all this noise about how the truckers were going to join this blockade, which was going to bring the country to its knees. It didn't. Two trucks turned Two up trucks. in the Gold Coast blocking traffic until Paul and Hanson basically said, boys, you've got to cut this out. And they went, mm. oh, okay, mum, and moved their trucks. Like, she, was was stung by, she was stung by several wasps yesterday. Was. I don't know. I just saw that. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, yeah, she had a head look like it had been hit by a truck just yes. quietly. She looked like she was a bit of a punching bag, but for insects. I don't know. Maybe they know she's an asshole. So recently in Canada, the idea of a truck convoy has gone batshit insane and completely yeah. out of control. This is, this is just blown up. Big thanks to Sandy for helping unravel this mess for us because she watches cookers like a fucking eagle. Yeah, fantastic stuff from Sandy. Really Love was. Just kept me kept me basically engaged with what is a really mad, big-numbered protest. Just bizarre. Don't like it. So the plan is to converge in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, and negotiate a set of ridiculous demands to the government. Usual shit, blah, blah, vaccines, blah, blah. Not full sub-sit, but just blah, blah, vaccines. The playing card will basically be this interruption to supply chain, which is bolstered by the 50,000 trucks that are said to be participating Wait in the convoy. 50,000. That 50, is something around the mark, because obviously this is a bit vague, about 15% of the commercial truck fleet in Canada. This is a genuine strain on the economy. But let's just, but. Let's just, 
Let's but, just have a second here. Said to be move, participating. Let's move back to reality. Yeah. Said to be participating. Said by right. fucking who? Said by type participating is doing all the heavy lifting there. Because while it's hard to say how many trucks will be involved throughout the entire convoy, with some joining up briefly on the way to Ottawa but not making it to the final destination, doing a few photo ops and doing it for the Instagram, it is estimated <laughs> the final count will be 1,000 to 2,000. And this is vehicles. That's it. So that includes cars. That includes. Yeah, F 150s and shit. Like, you know, motorbikes, you know, mopeds. The Um, rabble, basically. And yeah, so not quite the 50,000 trucks uh, we thought might turn up. No, it's so weird that cookers would say a crazy number and then not turn up. (laughs) We're just not used to that. So. This hasn't stopped the cookers using genuine supply issues to boost their cause. Of course, they fucking do. They do it here as well. Erin mm-hmm. O'Toole, leader of the Conservative Party, used this to stick the boot into Justin Trudeau because, of course, why not? They sound like fucking Victorian liberals to me. And said, you probably noticed some empty shelves at your grocery store. That's because Justin Trudeau put in place a mandate that all truckers entering this country, either Canadian or American, have to be fully vaccinated. Well, yeah, I mean, this is complete bullshit. It is bullshit. shelves Mm. are COVID infections and all sorts of supply chain issues, mostly due to there being a pandemic. The trucker rate of vaccination over there is something ridiculous, like 90%, which is like 5% more than the average. I should have put that number into the document, but most truckers are vaccinated. They don't agree with this dopey fucking convoy. So the main thing with the vaccine mandate is the fact that people going into the States would then have to be vaccinated when coming back in which meant that over-the-border travel was the main issue. So it's even like a niche thing. It's not even fucking a blanket mandate. Well, Canada has uh, provinces, not states, but they have uh, their own uh, legal jurisdictions like like our states do. It's a sort of commonwealth of provinces yes. in Canada. And so, yes, they do have these uh, laws uh, that basically will differ from uh, from province to province. Place to place. But they are specifically blaming Justin Trudeau for fucking everything. Who was just re-elected, albeit with a reduced majority, but just re-elected last year. Oh, I mean, this dear. what this tells me is that our federal election due in May, probably the second week end of May, will not be the release valve that we hoped it would. Oh, you know, to get rid of some of these crazies that they're actually going to be that they're actually going to become more and more no. dangerous and active and militant uh, through I mean, I the election it. and at the other end of it. Yeah, no, and also then of course the voter fraud. We'll we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Believe we'll, me, we'll get to that. Yeah. Fuck, man, the election's going to suck. Oh. So the National Post reported that the convoy passing through. Thunder Bay, Ontario on Thursday contained 113 trucks and 276 private cars. So this is like a count by the Ontario Provincial Police. Just to give you an idea of how not 50,000 this is. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not. By, by my rather rather dodgy maths, it's just under 400. I so a bit so. shy of 50,000. Yeah. That's just not happening. And that's total vehicles. That's uh, it's only the 113 trucks, not the 50,000. It's a whole lot. And, like, look, they, they make shit up. As per usual, it's just cookers making up insane numbers. They do it all the time. And a photo circulated of the Freedom Convoy featuring trucks parked on the left side of the road. Canadians drive on the right. Yeah. And other so. lines of trucks often related to borders or queuing at ports with no snow. So they're basically taking snaps from the other side of the road and saying, have a look at how many trucks we got yeah. when they're actually trucks waiting at the border. Some of these photos are like 10 years old. That's yeah, ridiculous. okay. Yeah. yeah, and right now in Canada, everything is covered in snow. Yeah, so, yeah so give away. And it has been extremely cold there. So lots of snow, but in the photos, no snow. No snow, mm. no snow. Dead giveaway. 
Not good. And then we see some European road signage. Yeah, you know? not, not <laughs> Canada. Also a bit of a giveaway. Just not Canada. As usual, cookers have to lie to get their point across. You'd almost be worried if they'd stopped. You know? Imagine if they stopped lying. You'd, yeah. t- you'd take that temperature and make okay. sure they're yeah, okay. That's right. Rectal fucking- thermometer, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they hate that with the whole Chinese anal oh, test. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Yeah, we won't. No. It is very funny. However, one number they aren't making up is the astronomical figure on their GoFundMe page. Huge. Check this out. Huge. At this point, as at point we're recording, just after what's well, in the afternoon of the 30th of January, the Canadian Freedom Convoy GoFundMe page is up to $8,367,010. And that's insane. That's fucking insane. There have been 105,000 donations and one lunatic donated 25,000. That's the biggest one we could find. That's so much fucking money. And like, so the GoFundMe was started by Tamara Lick. I hope I'm saying that right. Who, as yeah, usual, is elbow deep in sketchy right-wing politics. I mean, she was an organiser for the Yellow Vest in Canada, yeah. that sort of astroturf right-wing movement that used the higher vis to look working class. Much more convincing in France where it started, but hey, why not? Let's just copy the branding. It's well, good. Well, they're doing it here too. We're starting Yellow Vests here as well. We had now. Yellow Vests a while ago and they sort of like petered off, but I think now they might be able we to bring it back. We don't use Yellow Vests in Australia. We, we use fluoros, orange. Yeah, well, you know. Tell it to the government. <laughs> but she's the secretary of the Maverick Party, which yeah. is a fringe political party that wants to separate Alberta from Canada. Now, yeah. Alberta has a massive victim complex from these sort of progressive policies, you know, climate change policies that have sort of limited the amount of shale oil they're extracting. And, of course, then, you know, the royalties they've been giving over time to consolidated Canadian revenue, they're really bitter about it because it's their money. It's their yeah. money. Yeah. So... Alberta is absolutely fucking full of redneck oil cowboys with shitloads of cash because the shale fields paid them a fuckload of money to basically pollute themselves in making a cross. So this is totally their vibe. They love this sort of shit and they are addicted to their salaries. It's a fucking weird place, man. Like I've been there. There are so many sports bars and they're all playing hockey. And you're just like, what like how can I find a place that doesn't play hockey? Can I can I go for a drink and not watch hockey? So look. You've got one big province right next to it, which is really dripping with money. So Albertans feel got a bit of a chip on their shoulder about that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, British Columbia, Vancouver, you know, sort of Canada's yep. Sydney. But they've got uh, pussy money with like, you know, they're the, the, from finance and, and law yeah, and, and actual, educated shit. Actual big money. I would but say yeah. I'd say so many words that are so politically incorrect right now, but I'm not going to say them, although Albertans would. So the money was supposed to go towards fuel, food, lodgings, and things like that, you know, like, you know, the various miscellaneous things for those who are taking part in the convoy. And <laughs> yeah, fucking A, $8 million buys a lot of fuel. And it's not for that many cars or people for that rate. Less I mean- 400. At this, realistically, everyone in the convoy could pocket like 50 grand and then yeah. still be changed at the end. It's just a crazy amount of money. But GoFundMe, smelling a grift, intervened Uh-oh. some time ago and have taken some degree of control over the cash. Uh-oh. Now, I say this vaguely because it's reported many different ways. And the reality of the situation is, is that they've withdrawn a million dollars from the GoFundMe. Go, GoFundMe themselves are trying to keep an eye on it. But realistically, they haven't got control over. They have not frozen the money 
as people like to say they have. Right. And when it comes down to it, the 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 conversation between GoFundMe and the organizers is one of generally just making sure that the general vibe is being kept up. So they say the donations are being sent to a fuel supplier directly for the fuel distribution and apparently the leftovers, which is going to be most of it regardless yeah. of how much they take <laughs> off the top, will go to a charity for veterans chosen by donors. But realistically, they've taken a million bucks, they're going to take more, and they aren't being held to the same type of account that is being reported and managed. I've been looking around a lot on this one and what I've found is that they are mostly in control of the money and GoFundMe is keeping one eye on them, but not auditing, not freezing the funds, not controlling the money, not controlling distribution, just consulting. That's all. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to elaborate on that because I think a lot of people think that GoFundMe have somehow done some noble work. They haven't done shit. But they're holding some of the money in order that in order that they're gradually releasing it, but the grift is well the organizers can I can keep a very close eye on the organizers then they won't get that extra million. A lot of this came from the organizers themselves who were almost proud of the fact they had control of the money. I'm like, mate, that makes you sound like a grifter. Reverse, reverse. Anyway, so supporters come from some very unlikely places with fucking Elon Musk tweeting Canadian truckers rule, which of course just made them feel invincible. It's just so fucking painful. God, I hate Elon Musk. So fucking, much. He's a moon litterer as well, basically. Oh, one of his God. one of his aging space rockets is about to smash into the moon and cause all sorts of fucking damage. Like he gives a fuck. It's really not a big thing, but I reckon he should be made to get up there and fucking pick it up. Yeah, like community service. Like, you know, go up there with a little, a little picker and a fucking plastic <laughs> bag. Those, Do it yourself. One of those little handheld things and just start, you know, pick up litter. Next time you put a rocket into space and so there's a fucking Tesla attached to it, can you be the driver? I'd just like to see it. Anyway. Pick up after yourself, Elon, you fucking dirty prick. Indeed. Now, does, yeah. does he even know what he what he's doing here? I mean, endorsing a group of completely cooked sovereign citizens? Uh, I think he does, you know. Elon Musk yeah. is known for tweeting first and thinking later. But this is bad, even for his standards. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he really gets what he's weighing into. And this is the thing, like, you know, the intellectual for idiots, Jordan Peterson, has also put up his support behind the convoy because he's just not a smart guy. And Joe Rogan's, of course, you know, alluding towards his, you know, support towards things. It wasn't too explicit. When I saw Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan in the same room, I thought, there's actually not enough IQ there to, you know, light a light bulb. There's yeah. it, 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 it really, Jordan Peterson is, you know, to paraphrase Gore Vidal, you know, the only genius I've come across with an IQ of 70. Truly, truly. It's ridiculous. The guy can write books, and then when you see him talking, you think, did you get a ghostwriter? You you're fucking really, moron. really fucking stupid. You're not you? smart. And, and, and and let me let me know how many geniuses you've come across, Joel, who who become barbiturate as addicts. You know, <laughs> let me know how many geniuses go. Hey, it's a good idea. I'm just going to take 15 Serapacs and have a lie down. He loves the downers. Loves the downers. No, who? Which Had to go to Russia to get off them. Yeah, yeah, he actually did. Yeah, fucking hell, what a dick. So look, this kind of endorsement just shows this complete kind of ignorance for what's actually happening at these protests. They're political extremists. Yep. They're rallying under this vague banner of freedom. And who doesn't support freedom, right? Freedom. Yeah, everyone loves freedom. Freedom's fucking great. And, you know, of course, vaccine mandates, which is such a vague term when the vaccine mandate they're protesting is so fucking basic. But they really just want to overthrow the government. That's what their their real sort of aim is. And while the convoy appears to be non-violent- Recently elected government. Oh, yes, nice. yes, exactly. Well, now's the time to do <laughs> it. Last year. Yeah, you know, why wait? And like it is 
these are pretty standard fringe lunatics. They tend to have a very non-violent sort of like outlook in, you know, public facing. You can't control everyone. The people who are jumping on board, they're alluding to this sort of messy, violent outcome and hoping for a January 6th style incursion on the Capitol. Why would you hold it in Ottawa if you didn't want people to storm the Capitol? It's <laughs> January. It's just bad. So, I, I mean, it just it's a recipe for fucking disaster. And you've got this situation where you've got the involvement of white nationalists. Let's just say Nazis. Canadian like, Nazis. Yes, know, exactly. Where, yeah. where they commit mass murder and then apologize for it afterwards. I hate Canadian Nazis. And look, <laughs> they've spawned this great funny hashtag, unintentionally called the Flu Trucks Clan, because they've got all these fucking Nazis coming out on live stream videos just openly talking about how they want to overthrow it the government. A, it is a great hashtag, actually. Flu it's Trucks Clan. Flu mm. Trucks Clan. Because they're accelerationists and so they see this as an acceleration moment, so they're joining it. And that's the reality of this. It's like the mostly right-wing lunatics, which have been peeled over the pandemic, but you have people like accelerationists who are joining and they're trying to bait violence and unrest in the group. Like they are going to be very effective because they're dealing with morons. That's what's happening. So the convoy finally made it to Ottawa to adoring crowds basically today. So we've got like, very scant details of what actually happened. Today being Sunday. But not um, six million people, as they no, said. It, it wasn't six million. It was several thousand. And mm. since it's happening now, it's hard to get a number. But I would say from my pictures that I saw, and God, I looked at so fucking many, maybe 30,000 or under. It's not a big, big crowd by big standards. It's a big enough crowd. But fair play to them. I think one person should count for three because it's very fucking cold over there. <laughs> really <laughs> fucking cold. This is a big puffer jacket's on. Yeah. Mate, unless you have a fucking gas chamber in a fucking Mr. Whippy van coming around my fucking house, I am not leaving my house at minus 17 degrees. I'm just not. But they did. So, like I say, fair play to them. I reckon they should get credit where credit's due. But more accurate numbers will come later. You know, how many trucks? I don't know. Not many. Not 50,000, but probably more than 1,000. I don't know. There was a bunch. A bunch. A bunch. Look, I just worry. I'm poor old Canada all the way down there. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times reported thousands of protesters on foot, many carrying handmade signs on hockey sticks. Love it. Wandered through the parked vehicles and the slow moving, slow moving traffic, apologizing if they're real yes. Canadians. <laughs> just gathered on the lawn in front of Parliament, apologizing as they went. People with protesting signs on the end of hockey sticks is possibly the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, it's like something they do in Trailer Park Boys with like the, you know, like the piss jugs or the fucking hockey no, sticks. Man, oh man, Trailer Park Boys. If you haven't checked out the great cult classic from Nova Scotia uh, on the Trailer Park Boys, get on it. It's yeah. one of the funniest pieces, pieces of mockumentary television you'll just ever come so across. Just so good. There's a couple of crap seasons, but goddamn, they were worth watching because yeah. like season seven kind of fell off the bandwagon where it was became about yeah, like there were, there were moments when, when, it was, when it was flat but if you start if you start with one move up to move up to a series two three and four it's very very it's funny. really clever it's really really good it's unlikely clever too it's real good so the times also reported that the protests were loud and freewheeling but generally peaceful and poorly organized i mean yeah that that's right. good and like that the thing is right. How that could you be poorly right. organized with eight and a half million dollars in the bank? You'd think that you'd be able to fucking like, you know, I don't know, buy something like buy a clue like Jesus Christ. So look, there were concerns about counter protesters and January 6th style violence from these cooked idiots. So there's two issues. You've got Antifa turning up and then you've got crazy people doing a January 6th and the organizers were not keen to see either one. But 
in reality, very few counter-protesters actually turned up. And father, why would they? It's cold and you're assholes. Like, just what? No, but the organizer and the beneficiary of the GoFundMe, Tamara Lich, she tweeted a warning to those in attendance and posted a screenshot of a Facebook post which made a rather extraordinary claim. And I fucking love this and I'm only posting a third of it because it's really long-winded. Here's the quote. Be careful because a whistleblower from the Trudeau government as stipulated that Trudeau has paid the group Atifa, I'm guessing Atifa. Atifa. Yeah, it's just everything was so bad about this post. 45 millions to create major problems, disruptions, and injuries while you will be in Ottawa. Mm. Amazing. And this just goes on with all sorts of gibberish. It's amazing how gullible these people are. And I'm actually guessing the post was troll because I'm reading it and it just sounds like something from like 4chan because the writing was so bad. The rest of it's just gibberish, which is claiming that January 6th in DC was just Atifa. Like, you know, it, but if it wasn't a troll, it just shows how fucking dumb anti-vaxxers are and the fact that we're not even sure Big dumb aggies. is how dumb anti-vaxxers are. Big dumb aggies. A proper January 6th isn't on the cards though. Most lawmakers are not in town because Parliament is not in session, which Ooh. is also something that the Australian cookers will have an issue with uh, over the next coming uh, weeks and days. That being said, unlike the Australians, the Canadians are not explicitly planning to arrest politicians with sausage sheriffs. And that brings us to Australia, the convoy to Canberra. Hooray! Yeah. A very hastily organised Freedom convoy that has shamelessly sought to cash in on the success of the Canadian event. And it's backed by many of the usual suspects, either looking for money, clout, or both. Yep. And this isn't the first convoy to converge on Canberra. There have been quite a few. In 2011, the convoy of no confidence backed by Tony Abbott. What a fucking shameful disgrace you are, Tony. Went to protest Julia Gillard's existence or some such shit, you know. Ditch the ditch the witch, all that yeah, sort of bullshit. just upset that she's the thing. They got 200 trucks to turn up that time. This time they'll be lucky to get 20. Lucky. Lucky. So, look, the first thing they did, as usual, was set up the GoFundMe because, I mean, like, it's always a grift. And this actually wound up being endorsed by the Canadian GoFundMe and saw many people from Canada donating their loonies and toonies into the fund. That's what Canadians call $1 and $2 coins. It's weird. I like it, though. Loonies and toonies. A large amount of the donation notes were claiming to be from Canada, and it raises such an eyebrow because you sort of think, like, what the fuck is going on here? How much do you guys like convoys over there? But they managed to collect $132,224 as of the 30th of January. Yep. That's when we're recording. And this was over three days. The original target was $100,000, but they hit that, so they just doubled it. I mean, that's what you do when you hit the target. You're just like, oh, more money? I guess so. They just checked, yeah, checked it up. And you just got to wonder what sort of foreign money might be involved. I, I well, often wonder about that. When you the get Canadian money, like, because they were saying, like, with love from Canada, this is from Nova Scotia, good on yeah. you guys, you know, we're with you. So much Canadian cash. And I'd say really, like, conservatively, Canadian messages in the messages of donation were 25 to 30% of the overall messages left it was fucking huge amount the fundraiser was organized by ironbark thunderbolt Mm -hmm. on behalf of james greer and i'm not gonna lie ironbark thunderbolt is a kick-ass name i'm changing i'm changing my name to by default tomorrow to ironbark thunderbolt i i would but i'm upset that it's already taken i just i feel like i can't copy him but what I want to do is want to get a time machine and go back in time and do it before this motherfucker did it but let's face it this is the crazy thing ironbark and James are the same person. Not as fun, James Greer. So I can see why James you've changed Greer. your name to Ironbark Thunderbolt. Name. Boring name. Boring name. So 
Details about the GoFundMe money are super vague. The money is meant to go towards fuel for the participants, but as observed by the brilliant As Seen on Telegram Twitter handle, when people are approaching the Telegram group for funds to help them participate in the convoy, they are being (laughs) blocked by the admin from commenting and their comments are being deleted. Yeah, that's in- interesting. And what these people are asking for is, can you give us a hand for the yeah. petrol? Yeah. Can you, can you yeah. give us a bit of money for our petrol expenses? As you promised on your GoFundMe. And they just blocked and assault. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How fucking cooked. So I'm guessing Ironbark wants to keep the money. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. That seems to be pretty directly fucking conveyed by the fact they are literally silencing people asking for help. So... <laughs> The plan is for people to come from all over Australia to converge on Canberra at 10 a.m. on the 31st. And I'm working, which is really annoying because I wonder what the fuck's going to happen. Most of this stuff's going to happen by the time the podcast is released, which at this rate, we've made so many mistakes today. It's going to be like 6 p.m. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I know you guys like us in the afternoon. You're getting us for dinner. While there are no politicians to arrest, they still plan to kick off the process by serving papers. And I'm not sure who to. Well, they're, ser- they're, they're going to serve Sydney as well. So aren't they due yeah, to they are turn Surrey up Hills, at Surrey Hills Police Station as yeah. well at 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning and start arresting police? I really want to be there for that, and I'm so mm, upset that I can't man. be. You, you want to try and arrest police? I mean, but how <laughs> funny luck. would it be? How funny good would it be? Luck. I don't think there's enough pepper spray in the world. So, look. I don't know who they're going to serve, like some security guard at Old Parliament House or maybe the real Parliament House or some actual cops, but they're just going to leave like a folder of gibberish near a door somewhere and say- That's serving. They've already been served. I mean, they've got to make their arrest. This is- They've served served like everyone. they're going to make the arrest. So this is what we want to see. We want to see them try and arrest police officers and see how they get on afterwards. It would be great. I just feel like, yeah, it's it's and then oh, and I wonder if they've got their sheriff out forms uh, outfits done. They they'll plan these sheriff. Yeah, forms. I know. This is the this is the uh, the Velvet uh, Revolution. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon they maybe have like sketchy uniform? Oh, this is going to fucking kick off. Okay, senior sergeant, uh, you'll have to get in the truck. It's not a truck. Sorry, it's, I've only got a moped. Um, yes, yes. I think it's great. Can you put your here. own handcuffs on you? Because uh, I, I, I I'm not allowed to buy them in the shops. I I reckon they're going to use zip ties, but that's a whole other story. So, look, the main problem with the Aussie version of this Freedom Convoy is that they don't have any trucks coming. Like, they have a lot of utes. they got lots of four-wheel drives. Yeah, a lot of utes. Plenty of cars, a few caravans, some vans. You're seeing a pattern here? One truck. That's all I've seen. Just <laughs> one, truck. one truck. And I imagine they will get a few more on Monday. Like, I mean, like, you know, what have I seen, really? But they've got pretty high hopes because Tones... The trucker from the last protest, the one that Pauline Hanson told to go home, had to release a video stating that he did not, in fact, promise to bring 40,000 trucks with him. <laughs> he's, only, he's only got the one. Last time, yeah, he's got one, and last time he managed to get one mate to come with him. Like, why do you say 40,000? Why can't you just say a 1,000? That's still crazy, and you're not going to pull it off, but if you say a 1,000, I don't immediately think you're a fuckwit. I start thinking, shit, maybe you know something I don't. No, you don't. But at least you can allude to it by not being such a flagrant liar. Anyway, look, my guess is they'll get to about 10. There's been some footage going around, and just like the Canadians, it's all baked and fraudulent. They're going to truck stops and just filming trucks and saying they're part of the convoy. I think it might be old footage. They're not, though. But, like, there's just these trucks and just this weird moving footage of just trucks. And you're like... I don't well, Sundays you'll see a lot of them queued up. You'll see a lot of them in, in truck stops because they're due in in Melbourne or Sydney yeah. or Canberra at a certain time. So you'll see a lot of them in truck stops just basically where the truckies are having a bit of a rest. That's where the footage the was from. And it was just random trucks. 
with no yeah. like upside down red ensigns, nothing. It was just random trucks. They're like, yeah. oh, I reckon. No, you're lying to your followers because you're a clout chasing fucking piece of shit. Anyway, I'm out. It'll all come uh, uh, tumbling down fairly soon. Well, with, with one exception, Yossi yeah. Cossack is trying uh, to get on board with his offering to ride shotgun with the best truck. Uh, he won't have many to choose from. No. But he clearly intends to go down there. The best truck gets on his fucking shitful bit shoot video. You know? Yeah. Uh, Dave O'Neegs is heading down there to add his unique style of insanity to the mix. And the Lynn Bennett's the absolute nutter behind the Velvet Revolution who we mentioned before, the mm-hmm. Southern Citizen Group, will be down there to help serve papers. Isn't she going to, look, you've been serving papers fucking Lynn for a long time. Start yeah. making some fucking arrests, you bullshit artist. Yeah, because you've got to say it, it'll be funny. Uh, one of the organisers, Sam Harder, is the brother of one of the lunatics behind the old Parliament House rebel, Ryan Harder. What a fun Christmas table they'd be. Yeah, no, thanks, no. Harrison McLean has taken an admin role on this and, and we'll be all over it, directing people towards routes to get there and organising people. He's a real logistician, is Harrison. Mm-hmm. The journey involves an overnight stop where people are likely to be paying for a hotel room, hoping that you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't want to be the, the owner of that hotel room. No, those people knock no. Up, hey, we're sovereign citizens, we don't have to pay the bill. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Fuck like, your deposit. Anyway, I must sort of clarify, Harrison McLean, we did say in uh, last week's program, Program that there had been a suggestion. We didn't say it had been confirmed. In fact, we said it had been unconfirmed that he'd been nominated to stand uh, for the UAP in in the uh, Melbourne seat out of Western, out of Eastern seat uh, of yep. Latrobe. That's not the case, apparently. Nope. It was a bit of a doctored uh, a bit of gear that we came across. Yes, but it was quite funny. And let's face it, the fact that that wasn't an easy thing to know. The fact that it was credible. Fuck <laughs> the UAP is. It's kind of credible, yeah. Mate, Nathan Buckley's running for One Nation. I mean, we're in a situation now where some seriously cooked individuals could just be political candidates now. Yeah, uh. I know. <clears throat> anyway, we, we just do want to get, get get across that, you know, because Harrison is a self-confessed Nazi. Yes, he um, is. Yes, yes. And a proud boy and a complete cunt. So police have been pulling over cars with flags and general cook of bullshit and are claiming that this is the work of Antifa. <laughs> of course they are. Oh, everything's Well, the police are Antifa. Oh, no, no. So Antifa's behind it and they are in control of the police. Because, oh. you know, Antifa are famous for being in cahoots anyway, with cops. They love make, police. Not supposed to make sense. No, not it's supposed not supposed to make, to make sense. That, that is the first rule of Fight Club. That is it's good. It's good. You took 76 episodes. We're here now. We know this. So, look, everything's a fault of this invisible boogeyman you can't see, you know, this fucking Antifa. Maybe the fact that you're openly intending to cause... Genuine trouble, if not sedition, in the nation's capital might be the thing they're flagging you for? Or well, is it- I'd, I'd, I'd locked a lot of them up for treachery, which is a charge. It, yes. it is a federal charge, which comes with a lot longer jail sentence than just I like sedition. It. I like it. I think we should. And the thing that's really great about the whole idea of Antifa controlling the police is that like any fascist, I personally think are a little bit too far on this spectrum, but hate cops. The whole ACAB thing, that's theirs. They think all cops are bastards. I'm not necessarily yeah. on that bandwagon. Yeah. But now they're in cahoots. I mean, what? So, like, they've been, like, you know, tricking us into thinking they're upset with each other, but they're secretly best friends. Fuck off, 
idiots. So look, this one's a developing story and it's going to kick off tomorrow at 10 a.m. This is on the Monday. We record on the Sunday, so this is tomorrow for us. But on face value, it looks like we're going to see a bunch of cookers turning up, probably at Old Parliament House because like they've got a spot there, like there's a nice green spot, to rabble and squawk about freedom, give the handful of truck drivers who actually showed up some hand jobs in that sort of eternal gratitude. And the Aussie Cossack will be there yelling at cops saying, shame, shame, and trying to get pepper sprayed for content. The Proud Boys have also <laughs> claimed they'll be in attendance holding a nice little barbecue, basically swapping sausages to recruit disenfranchised young men to a right-wing testosterone-charged white supremacist cult. Great. What could possibly go wrong? This entire thing is just a big dopey, rushed mess. And seeing this astronomical success of the Canadian GoFundMe, it's all about money. Old Ironbark saw some dollars in his eyes and started yet another right-wing grift, which attention-seeking parasites ran towards so he could get their piece of blood. It's just the usual bullshit here. It's just with a different fundraiser and a different title, a different gimmick, but it's the same crap with the same people and the same nonsense behind it. While in Canada, the protest against vaccine mandates has captured the attention of major political players and fucking Elon Musk, here it looks like a few cookers are going to show up, hold a fucking Nazi barbecue, and Ironbark is going to buy himself a new fucking youth. Northern Irish Nazi and bass player with Hitler-loving thrash band screwdriver, Merv Shieldsy Shields, known as Big Merv, had always said to any one of his dopey Nazi mates that COVID-19 was a leftist Jewish conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And in a cataclysmic flush of karma, he's now fucking dead from COVID-19. Good. Shields died on New Year's Day while taking up valuable space in Northern Ireland's public hospitals. I would have put him out in the tent. Uh, We don't know what Shields' famous last words were because he died on a ventilator. You can't talk on one of those. And he was cremated without anyone present in the East Belfast crematorium due to COVID restrictions. He died alone. I like the idea of his last famous last words being, the Jewish conspiracy worked. I mean, yeah, it did. It did. It worked really well. We Rousey, got you, you piece of shit. Lousy Jews. <laughs> Only close family members of the father of two were permitted to attend a memorial service after Shields was put to the flame and rendered into dust. According to Ireland's Sunday World newspaper, Shields played at many white power concerts and was instrumental in, in creating the notorious blood and honour neo-Nazi music network. Work. Mm-hmm. The music was loud and racist, and promoted a whites-only agenda, as well as as well as being staunchly loyalist in Irish terms. That makes him a Protestant. One of their biggest hits, yeah. one of the biggest hits of the bands, uh, was called "Smash the IRA." Yeah, can right. you imagine? While Merv Shields offered no last words, I've got just four for him. See you later, cunt. Yep, rest in piss, you fuckwit. And as we say, see you later to a fuck ugly Nazi. We turn to something. Someone beautiful. He's been on the Carlos Castaneda gear in Central America, talking to fires. Sure has. We've all done it. We've all been there. I had a chat with a bushfire a couple of years ago. You just have to threaten it with a hose when it won't behave itself. But Craggy Pete talks to fires better than me, better than anyone. He's had a huge week, and we're going to hear all about it right now. On the week in Pete Evans. And it has been a huge week in Pete Evans with Paleo Pete going back to basics and learning how to start a fire. 
Well done. That's pretty basic. A big thanks to Cam or at Cam Lives here on Twitter for sending us this excellent piece of footage. Thank you, Cam. It's, uh, it's, he's a fucking great guy. So good. Friend of the podcast. A fairly basic skill, which happens to just have evaded Pete's vast repertoire of talents, is starting a fire, <laughs> which is weird for a guy who sells himself as a chef and lives on acreage where you can kind of start fires, but apparently only the past year or so, he's learned to throw some sticks together, crack out a big lighter, and start a <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear Pete's thoughts on the matter. For me now, it's lighting a fire. And I've gotten really good at lighting a fire over the last year. You know, again, it was something that I had to learn to do because I wasn't taught it. You know, crazy, hey? The one tool that has helped humanity more than any other tool in the world. And I never learned how to do it as a child or even as a, as a young man. But this just seems to be a bit of a sad insight into Pete's life. I mean, very how, sad. how did he never learn to build a fire until he's, what, late 40s? <laughs> what kind of a weird child did he have where he never built a fire? It's just bizarre to me. Like, it says so much about his character. We actually probably used to play with fire a little bit too much. Tom Ellis is our backstage pass, and uh, I play with fire with Tom, and it sometimes really wasn't smart. We're quite lucky we didn't get in trouble. Still, but, still to be alive and, oh, and, and unscarred. But as kids, it's never an aspiration to learn to build a fire. That is such a weird fucking concept. Yeah. If you've been on this planet for a few years, chances are you've built and lit a fire. It's just a weird thing to say when you're that old. And this is like, I almost feel for the guy. I mean, maybe he's a Nazi, but like, he's kind of like in arrested development. Mm. But then he goes on. And here's the interesting thing, going back to the psychedelics. I was in Costa Rica two years ago. And I spent a week there with Jack Canfield and 40 other people, and we drank a sacred medicine called ayahuasca four nights in a row. And if anybody's ever experienced ayahuasca, one night is generally enough. Right? But to back it up four nights in a row, it, 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 they call it doing the work for a reason. But what I gained in that experience, and this might sound really, really strange to anybody that hasn't journeyed in those realms, is... Every night I would sit by the fire in that medicine experience and I had a conversation with the fire every fucking night. Excuse my language, but it spoke back to me. And what it said was, this is powerful medicine for you, Pete. Whenever you need me, you know what to do learn how to build the fire. So Pete went to Costa Rica and had a few ayahuascas. And fair enough. Look, I'll give it to him. One night is enough. He's not wrong. Four would be hectic. I've always seen these like ayahuasca like getaways as being insane. Like have one, not four. On my ayahuasca trip, I went through the first 12 years of my life watching myself from three perspectives. Mine, my father's, my mother's. I was Ooh. guided through an understanding of the different impacts on my life, external, internal, from the people that gave me life and also those around me. I got to the point where I became a teenager and my experiences at a new school, my first girlfriend were around the corner and it was exciting me. I wanted to know more and it stopped. And I was told by what felt like an external being, which they called the Madre, that this was part one of three. And I would have part two when I was ready. And I would learn the next chapter of my life through these perspectives that I've never seen before. I snapped out of it. I went and had a shit in the durry. And I basically went to sleep, probably puked one more time. Probably, yeah, probably for the best. Pretty hectic. I mean, pretty hectic. Well, when I had an experience that reshaped the way I saw my life, Pete spoke to a fire. <laughs> Pete had a chat with a fire. Did, and did. 
And, he did. And what did the fire say? The fire said, much. learn how to build a fire. Yeah. That's what the fire said. Come said, on, son. You're, you're in your 40s. Can you fucking hurry up? It said, time to learn how to grab the lighter out, grab some newspaper, a few sticks. Maybe you'll get a scout badge if you choose the right ayahuasca god. I mean, come on, man. So look, ayahuasca journeys come from within. Despite how much it feels like you're channeling a spirit, that's probably bullshit. And goddamn, I tell you right now, the fucking idea of the madre is pretty compelling when you've got a fucking voice in your head. So if you're a basic bitch, there is every chance your experience is going to be a little bit basic. But for Pete, the fire just gave him permission to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that fucking quote in there? Whenever you need me, you know what to do. Learn how to build the fire. Learn how to build a fire. Fuck. You're 45, what are you, retarded? If you are paranoid and delusional and you're in a situation where your entire brain is dying to speak to itself. I like to think he was heckled by the fire. Yeah, I actually do think he probably was. And ayahuasca is very cheeky like that. But if if lighting fires just makes you trip out, you need to sort out your shit. Because if you're <laughs> talking to fires, Pete, that's not normal. It's not normal. That- isn't the ayahuasca talking that's you you're fucked in the head and if you're looking for a reason to talk to fires that's because you have undiagnosed things you need to talk to someone bro you worry me pete (laughs) i mean i just think the four nights was too much the alkaline tea's not one to fuck with maybe you're already fucked to begin with and the alkaline tea just showed you some showed you some shit but if the highlight of four days on third eye juice was learning to build a fire I mean, look, you're just an idiot. At least you fucking learned something. Yeah, picked up an important life skill in his, middle, really in his middle years. When you he should have been started, a scout. Started getting really craggy. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your hosts, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunch Moses with AK. We've set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. Just search our name. Like, no one else has our name. It's unique. But promoting a podcast is easier said than done. We rely on listenership. Make us have more numbers. I look at them all the time. It's like scratching an itch, except the itch never goes away. Grow our numbers. Help yeah. us. Share our help shit. Us. Help us when you can. And the Please. Patreon... And the Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. For as little as five subs a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. And if you give us enough money, you can watch us record the damn show. Tom Ellis is doing that right now. I can watch him giggling because, like, this video as well. It's quite invasive. If we reach a 1,000 patrons, we promise to get a Joe Rogan experience tattoo on our perineums. Is that how you say it? Yes, on your perineum. Yes, I, I'm, I was actually going to get mine pierced. And I think it's called a Prince Andrew, you know? Yes, yes. Well, and only if get- it doesn't sweat. Yeah, that's right, yeah, and you think you've, you know, you think you're having a pizza instead. It's a sensitive area, and it will hurt. But we will be able to afford some of that good local anesthetic. The good you know, stuff. The yeah. kind that turns into a paste after you mix with water. The kind that comes out of a Toyota Corolla and costs about three hundred dollars a bag. So join up at Patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to compare the conditional release program to Hitler and mock Joel for recording in an attic. Yes, I'm actually recording in an attic and it's really fucking hot. I mean, like, Anne Frank had a fucking rough time. I can't even use a fangs to be with the sound and she would trigger the Nazis. So mock away, guys. This fucking sucks. Attics behind, are not cool. They're behind the closet. Yeah, well, I tell you what, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. See you next time. Bye.